Hello, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is episode five of the Elite Elevations podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by uh, Jim Boatler of Boatler, Mahoney and Gray. He's a subrogation attorney. Um, I'm your host, Michael McDowell. Uh, of course, this is of course sponsored by Elite Roofing and Restoration Services. Um, again, today we're gonna be talking to Jim. Jim, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Um, so, you know, just one thing we wanted to talk about was the subrogation process as it relates to uh, insurance claims. I think it's something that a lot of people are unfamiliar with. Um, and I, you know, I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Okay. Before we get into all that, though, uh, we can just spend a little bit of time getting to know you. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about you, Jim. Uh, where, where, where did you come from? So, <laughs> uh, born born and raised in Houston. Okay, uh, went to school at the University of South in Suwannee, Tennessee. Okay, law school in Lubbock, Texas, and I've been in Dallas now for the last twenty seven years. Awesome, awesome. Uh, How did you get into subrogation law? Like that doesn't seem uh, like it's the the, the a typical a t- you know necessary. Again, it's not something that a lot of people know about. So how no, did, how did you hear about it? How did funny. you get into it? Uh, I had never heard of subrogation <laughs> when I got out of law school, and as that actually as I guess in my sixth year of practicing law when I was interviewing with a new firm and they said, oh, well, we do subrogation and I had to You're like, What's that? quickly cover because I said, <laughs> I don't want them to think that I don't know areas of law. But it, it's a very uh, niche area of law um, and it's very specialized. It's dealing solely with property damage for mm-hmm. insurance companies. Uh, so I started with another firm uh, probably about 21 years ago. Oh, wow. And then um, opened up Boatler, Mahoney & Gray with Bill Mahoney and Cameron Gray back in 2007. Awesome. Uh, and we solely do subrogation. Awesome. Um, uh, what were you doing before you did subrogation? Uh, did commercial litigation, okay. uh, commercial business litigation for a while. And then initially it started uh, doing real estate. Okay. Uh, right when the real estate bubble burst uh, in the late 90s. Gotcha. Um, so kind of had to scramble and find a, a, new, a new niche. Was, so. it a, was it a hard transition for you? Like, is there a lot of intricacies to get to know with the process? Or? Um, from real estate into commercial litigation, yeah, it was the, that's completely different yeah. mindsets. But going into subrogation from mm-hmm. commercial litigation, no, it it's, pretty, it's all litigation. Yeah, it's yeah, all litigation. It's all litigation. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so what is, maybe you can explain, what is subrogation? Okay. Subrogation literally means stepping into the shoes. Uh, so um, an insured, or you know, say a, a homeowner, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll use a homeowner example, okay. but it can also be for commercial. But a homeowner has insurance through X insurance company. They have a loss. The insurance company pays the insured under their policy. Mm-hmm. Once the insurance company pays for the loss, it now steps into the shoes of or assumes all of the rights that the homeowner would have against the party that caused the damage. Uh, so, and, and this is only in cases where, uh, a third party or a product actually causes the damage. Right. So, uh, we're not talking about, uh, wind damage or storm damage cause you can't right. sue mother nature, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately. or, or if the insured, um, makes a mistake. Uh, okay. we always, we always say that insurance covers, um, I, I don't, don't mean to be rude, but insurance covers stupid. So if you, you make a mistake, you're not thinking and you accidentally burn your house right. down. Uh, which is interesting. Most most fires in residential are unattended cooking fires. Mm-hmm. 
that's covered. As long as it's not an intentionally done act, right? it's covered. Arson, yeah. So, but what I do is I come in after the fact and then try to determine or discover what actually caused the fire. Was it a, uh, a coffee maker that accidentally caught fire or a lithium battery that exploded? Uh, somebody was working on the house and miswired something. Right. Uh, so we find whoever or whatever caused uh, the fire. Um, and is taking over the rights of the insured, then we go after and sue the insurance for whoever caused the fire. Okay. So I got to know you when I was a Chubb adjuster and yes. I was working a few claims. Um, so I know that, and obviously it's going to vary by insurance carrier exactly how their process goes. But mm -hmm. for example, like the process when I was at Chubb was, you know, the adjuster would bring onto the claim and mm -hmm. they would identify subrogation potential and they would try to identify that yes. as quick as possible to get you involved as quick as possible because there are, right, there's going to be certain steps that are going to need to be exactly. taken care, you know, taken, especially if there's evidence that needs to be preserved in yes. the claim. So yeah. Um, yeah. many, many times uh, Chubb uh, was, was particular with us. Many times we would get a phone call before the fire is even put out wow. uh, or, uh, you know, after water damage or an explosion or things, but we get the loss pretty quickly mm -hmm. uh, after the loss because we have to either fire uh, hire fire investigators, uh, forensic engineers, or people to come in and look at the scene right. to determine who or what may have caused this fire. Then we have to put all of those people on notice. They have a chance to hire their own lawyers and investigators to come out and we've got to inspect the scene, right? but we've got to keep the scene intact. Mm -hmm. uh, now, in a, a homeowner or a business owner is not going to want to have their scene sit there for a month, two months, three months while we're trying to gather information. We need to get on the scene so very, very quick. quickly. Yes. And then preserve the evidence because right. you also don't want, you know, unfortunately you get out in certain areas, people come through and will start stealing things out of a fire scene, mm. get the copper out of it or anything mm -hmm. that might be left. Uh, and that destroys the evidence. Yeah. Uh, weather can destroy the evidence mm -hmm. as well. So we have to, we have to move very quickly uh, once the loss is reported. Okay. Um, so What's 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 probably one of your most memorable subrogation claims, if you can talk about that? Um, well, most memorable, unfortunately, we couldn't recover is the uh, guy trying to uh, uh, fry a turkey in his living room because it was too cold to fry it outside. <laughs> um, as I said, insurance covered stupid. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we we were involved with the uh, acetylene plant explosion on the edge of downtown Dallas okay. uh, that went up. 2007. Okay. Uh, we were involved with that. That was very settling, like a settling gas, like what's used for yes. like welding and stuff, right? Yes. Right off the edge of literally right off the edge of downtown across the freeway from the reunion tower. Oh, wow. Was uh, an acetylene plant. Now they didn't manufacture the acetylene there anymore uh, because uh, I think the EPA shut them down on that because of the processes. Okay. But they still took, they, they'd get these huge trucks coming in with full of acetylene and either load, offload and load tanks okay. and refill tanks there, or they would just get uh, a lot of cylinders brought in. And, and a lot of people complained after the loss of how can this be downtown or next to that? And it's kind of like, well, they've been there for 50 it's years. Dallas, zoned, yeah. Dallas and, grew to it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that one was really fascinating because yeah. I worked with a lot of uh, engineering uh, on that because of fire suppression and also engineering. Uh, we were involved with the uh, fertilizer plant that exploded down in West, West. Texas. That was, uh, yeah, that's close to where I grew up. 2013, yeah. yeah. That, that's right. Yeah, you're yeah. from Troy. Yeah. Um, so we were involved in that. That and Again, a lot of expert 
uh, intense uh, work on that. Um, That's crazy. But yeah, we've we've had uh, issues, you know, fires where we've had um, the vapes, the e-cigarettes, yes. where the, the batteries in those will mm-hmm. vent uh, and explode. Lithium batteries can explode. Uh, the rechargeable batteries for the the power tools. Okay. Uh, when the, when you leave them on people, the charger for too long. Exactly. Yep, yep. Most people don't realize. Oh, it's not supposed to be on the charger yep. for that long, or to be left unattended. Yeah. And they, they get overcharged and, yep. and and they can fail. Yeah. You um, either got to have one of those smart chargers, or I've seen where yeah. people will put their chargers on a timer exactly. switch, exactly, um, so that they can turn it on for like two hours, let the battery charge, and then it'll shut itself off yes. so that it doesn't exactly. smoke and yeah. Um, what about um so so we, we we've we've talked about we've talked about that a little bit um what are what is what are maybe some misconceptions about about the subrogation process that people might have um you know i mean i i think you know working as an adjuster a lot of people just assumed that oh i'm going to get i'm going to get my money back you know like well there's there are several obstacles to that um one is you just sometimes can't determine uh, what caused the fire, fires especially. Right. Uh, fires have a propensity to destroy uh, the very cause of the fire because it's at the seat of the fire. It burns and right. you know, destroys the evidence. But then you have other obstacles. Um, sometimes you have contracts. Uh, there'll be waivers of subrogation in the contracts. Um, that's especially common like in like condos and high rises right that's uh, condo, condos and high rises between uh between tenants or owners but contracts for uh especially aia construction contracts so what is can, aia i'm sorry aia is the american institute of architects okay and so um they're a standard form contract that general contractors architects and then the the, the person that wants the whatever built, right. uh, those have these standard contracts. And so in order for the architect and the general contractor and all the subs to avoid liability, they'll add waivers in there. Uh, so if they do make a mistake or they do something wrong that causes damage to the very thing that they're building, there's waivers in there. So insurance will pay to make the repairs, but then the insurance can't go can't and recover, recover back from the architect or the, the contractors. Gotcha. Um, so you've, you've got that. You've also run into issues where uh, a contractor uh, doesn't have insurance, mm-hmm. or if they do have insurance, they don't have coverage for a specific thing. Uh, we've discovered in the last couple of years, we've seen uh, roofers especially have what's called a hot work Mm-hmm. exclusion. So like using a torch or something. Exactly. Yeah. So if they're doing modified bitumen or mm-hmm. flat roofs, they have to use torches and heat to be able to apply the membrane. Well, and many times unbeknownst to them, there is an exclusion in their policy that says that Ouch. will not cover any damage caused with hot work or Ouch. using torches. Uh, and I, we literally had a loss a couple of months ago. The, the roofer said, yeah, it's our fault. We caused this fire. Here's all my insurance. The insurance carrier came back and said, no coverage because there's a hot work exclusion. And yeah. the roofer didn't even know it was in his policy. I think when I was at Chubb, I think I worked a claim with you uh, for actually over in Colleyville mm-hmm. uh, for a whole uh, commercial space that burned down because they were doing a... Uh, yes. Yeah. 
So yes. did that Matter one fact, have, did that that one have just, a hot work exclusion? No, no. We actually recovered on that one. And that, awesome. case, just, that case just settled uh, a awesome. couple months ago. Awesome. But, awesome. Uh, well, good. Yeah. Good. Because I remember, <laughs> I remember that one. That one was really unfortunate. Uh, I think the the um, the roofing crew, they were up there doing work and they just walked away without leaving a fire safety. Like, I yeah. guess they all went to lunch. and Yeah, they went to lunch and uh, half an hour later they look up and, oh, oh the building's goodness. on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you do that? I don't know. <laughs> um, so what are some things that are maybe like a like a slam dunk? Like, because uh, I, I think when I was at when I was at Farmers, um, Farmers Insurance prior to my time at Chubb, mm-hmm. I I remember talking to the subrogation team over there mm-hmm. and they said that like for any losses that came from like a dryer to open up the dryer and take a picture of the back panel of it because like a cert- if there was a certain pattern it was like a known defect and that the yeah. manufacturer would pretty much just automatically write a check for it. Well, the interesting thing is when you take the photograph of the back of the drum, yeah, that is to identify the manufacturer. Interestingly, each manufacturer has a different design of the drum. Yeah, because uh, when when a dryer has been the subject of a fire, a lot of times all the, the identifying the ser- stuff. Yeah, is, yeah, the plate's gone. Yeah. the top part's gone. Gotcha. And, and it's amazing the number of times you ask an insured or homeowner, "Oh, well, what kind of washer dryer was that?" I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, where did you get it? Oh, yeah. Lowe's, Home Depot, Sears, Fry's. They don't remember. Whatever. Yeah. So, and there's the only way to track it is by by the the drum. Um, and for a while, a couple of the dryer manufacturers, when you did show where the incipient fire, where the fire started, yeah. uh, would you be down and underneath because you'd get lint built up mm-hmm. around, um, part of the, the blower right. or the heating element. Um, and then it would get blown. Literally the, the lint would get ignited, go through the system and then blow into the drum. Mm. And then ignite the clothes if the clothes were already close to dry, they would settle, um, now it's a little more difficult gotcha. to uh, to so do. Same with water heaters. Case, yeah. Water heaters used to be pretty easy to prove earlier, but now they've got explosive explosive proof vents mm. uh, and some other things that very rarely do water heaters cause fires. So they're they're, they're going to point their finger at something else. Something most else the time yeah, now. So. An installer or you know, and and many times most homeowners don't really know how to operate a water heater. Yeah, uh, which is good because if you don't know what you're doing, just leave it alone. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, every now and then they get in there and tinker with it, and they'll yeah. leave the leave the vent open. They'll leave. And it's the under it's open. under an immense amount of pressure. Those those a lot water of pressure, heaters a lot of are heat. under. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there have been claim not recently, but there have been claims where water heater has literally shot through the roof of a house before. Yes. So, uh, like a yes, rocket. So exactly. Um, yeah. Um, what are some what are so uh, with subrogation, you know, mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that that people are usually entitled to, you know, if you're successful, mm-hmm. people are entitled to getting, you know, maybe all or part of their deductible back. Correct? Okay. Yes. Um, what? But obviously, there that's that's not that's probably not necessarily just hey, we got some money back. Here's your deductible back. Usually, yeah. like in Texas, I believe it's a percentage, right? Based off usually based off of a percentage. Yeah. The the issue uh, when the deductible comes into play. Um, is, is is whether or not you have first dollar out, but it's when there's a limited pool of money on the other side. Say right. you've got $150,000 loss, but the other side only has insurance for $100,000. Mm. Uh, now, how do you get that 100000 to cover the full one hundred and fifty? Right. especially if the deductible? Plus legal, f- you know, y- y- plus your expenses, cost in, yeah, in our, this our too. Yeah, our fees, and then plus we've got to pay the experts right. and things. 
Um, so when it comes down to the deductible, it's typically prorated. Okay. And that means that it's the same percentage of recovery that the insurance company is going to make out of that. Money. Right. So um, if they're making 70% recovery, then you may be entitled for up to 70%, 70% of your deductible. Correct. Gotcha. Um, now, but it's state to state and mm-hmm. also policy to policy. Some right. policies uh, will say that before the insurance company takes a penny, the insured gets his entire deductible. Nice. Uh, now there's some commercial policies that have it before the insured gets a penny of its deductible. That the, the insurance company is going to be made whole first. insurance company is made whole first. Which uh, makes sense to a point because, yeah, the insurance company yeah. is carrying the brunt of that. But Yeah, they paid the expenses. They're but you also have to think, too, that that, that, home, you know, that homeowner, that policyholder, it wasn't, obviously wasn't their fault. You know? Correct. So, yeah, why should I be out you know, X Correct. amount of dollars? Yes. This wasn't my fault. So. Yes. Um, but and, yeah, it, it makes it very difficult to go through, like a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to file this claim on their insurance then, you know, and oh, a right. lot of times that's an uphill battle, you know, trying to file. That's on a an, fool's errand. Yeah. So yeah, you, you <laughs> will run yourself ragged yes. trying yeah. to do that. So more often than not, yes, yeah. it is in, if it's a covered loss, it is in your best interest yes. to file that claim under your insurance, mm-hmm. um, and then move move forward. I mean, obviously, it's something that you want to have a conversation with, you know, your agent or whatever before mm-hmm. you file that claim. Because yeah, if it's you know five thousand dollars worth of damage and you have a four thousand mm-hmm. dollar deductible, um, yeah. chances are that's never getting sent to 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 somebody like you because oh, because yeah because you're going to have expenses on top of that and it's just mm-hmm. it's just not worth it at that point. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely if you've got, hey, I've got $50,000 mm-hmm. worth of damage. I have a $5,000 deductible. That's a that's a perfect, and obviously yeah. more than that too. I mean, I've I've seen, you know, I've worked some claims with you that were millions of dollars, you mm-hmm. know, of worth of damage, you yes. know. Um, and just, you know, another thing to think about too is, yeah, that that liability, you know, do, mm-hmm. do contractors ha- carry that, that insurance, you know, because yep. anybody can show you an insurance certificate. <laughs> you need to call yes. that number on that insurance certificate exactly. and verify, hey, is insurance in place on this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some contractors like we will actually for our for a lot of our clients, we'll actually put our homeowner's name yes. as an additional insurer on the, the policy. bottom of the policy. That's right. And then we can and then after the job is completed, you know, mm-hmm. after X amount of time, we can take them back off, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, that gives the homeowner a huge amount of power in this claim now, because now they can call and they can file a claim on our policy because they're listed as an additional insured if they have to, instead of, well, I'm just at the, you know, the insurance company won't talk to me. They won't talk to me. So, so, well, um, the the other interesting thing is, is that subrogation makes uh, total sense to protect the insured, right? Because. The insured has a contract with their carrier. Mm-hmm. That carrier has to pay them, unless they intentionally set the fire right. or intentionally damage the property. The carrier must pay them mm-hmm. for the damages. Um, now, if you decide, oh, I don't want to make a claim against my own insurance. I want to go after this third party who I think is liable. Mm-hmm. Well, they may deny Liability. Now you've got to hire a lawyer. You've got to sue them. Improve you, liability. <laughs> you've got to prove liability. And then they may not be obligated to pay 
100% of your damages. Your because I believe that usually where a lot of liability policies are written, they're written from an actual cash value. So exactly. they're like, we're not going to pay. You have a replacement cost policy. Like That's your right. policy has a replacement cost That's policy, right. but yeah. we don't owe for replacement costs because you've got a 20-year-old yeah. year old house yeah. that has you know, all this. So we're not going to pay for 20 year old flooring, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So. We, yeah. And so, so the insurer, it makes much more sense. Get your money mm -hmm. from your carrier, mm -hmm. put the duty and obligation on the carrier yes. then to go prove liability and recover. And you're the experts, you know how to prove liability instead of, you know, instead of yeah. me, some layman saying, Oh, well, I, it's your fault. And this is why it's your yeah. fault. Cause there's easily defensible ways for that. So, oh, yeah. And, and they're going to have an attorney on their side. Yeah. So, and a forensic engineer. Exactly. And, so uh, why not have an attorney on your side? Exactly. So fight, fighting for you. And yes, you know, they're, they're doing two parts, you know, and yeah. I remember working some claims with you where um, you would talk to the to the to the insured and you would say, is there anything else that you want us to include in this? Yes. You know, yeah, because not necessarily, you know, it's like, hey, you know, like the insurance company was able to pay for this, this and this. But this item that got damaged, you know, there either may have been limits on the policy yeah, that they weren't issue. able to pay for for mm -hmm. everything. So now that's the that's the homeowner's uh, opportunity to say, correct. Yeah, this was damaged too, but I did not get fully compensated for that. That's right. So you can add that in your demand to yeah. the, and you know, Correct. you may or may not, you may or may not be successful in getting that whole thing either. Yeah. But it's certainly something, yeah. certainly something to try for. It's so. a nice day, but a very rare day when yeah. we get a hundred cents on the dollar back from <laughs> right. the other side. But it it takes the burden off of the insured, right? Um, but also we we try to work with them as well. You know, we'll give. That's why it's good to do a proration agreement to give them the deductible back or find out, hey, do you have any uninsured loss as well? Because we're also going to need their cooperation. Right. The, many times they're the witnesses to what caused the damage. They're going to be a witness to say, you know, who did what mm -hmm. and why. And plus also to testify as to the value right. of, of what their their property. Because mm -hmm. uh, they're the ones that they knew what they had, how much they paid for it, how much they had to replace right. it. So we need their cooperation as, as well. Right. But once... They're paid up front. Uh, and that's the other part is, is that if you're the insurer and your house burns down, you say, oh, I'm going to go after the electrician that I know damaged it. Well, if it has to go into litigation, it can be two years yeah, to get through the get entire process. Yeah. And so you're just going to let your house sit damaged so, for two years? Yeah. yeah. Where's the money then? Yeah. You haven't been able to rebuild your house for two years. What's the longest, what's the longest uh, subrogation process that you've been through? Um... We settled our portion of West, the fertilizer yeah. plant explosion, uh, two years ago, pre-COVID. Oh, wow. <laughs> everything's everything's and that pre happened and in 2013. That was a right? 2013 law. So we were involved in litigation for, for six, five, five and a half, six, six years. years. Wow. And there are still claims still stuff going in on. litigation in that case. My goodness. Um, I've had another one. I've got another one against HP right now that we're in our fourth year. HP Hewlett Packard. Hewlett Packard, yeah. The and, printer and, printer went rogue. No, it was a, <laughs> a laptop. A laptop. Uh, one of the uh, step down transformers. You know, oh, okay. The, the, yeah, for yeah. the power cord. Yeah. Uh, went rogue, and they've been trying to get the manufacturer because they don't manufacture all the pieces right. and parts. Right. That go and into. that's the other thing to consider too is that you know, everybody's going to push off liability to oh, somebody yes. else. So exactly. So now, yeah. So, so yeah, a, a lay person trying to navigate all of that, whereas yeah. you, you're going to be like, you're going to send out a letter and mm -hmm. you're going to say, Hey, 
we have found that you are likely responsible for this. Yeah. If you have anybody else that you believe is responsible for this, that's right. Send them this letter and send me their information, and we'll put them on notice yes. too. So, and then yeah. it goes through a whole process and yeah. courts and you know all, all kinds of stuff. And out of your percentage, you know, and you may not have this number, you know, so mm-hmm. just a round number is fine. But how many how many of the the claims that you've worked do you say go to actual suit? You know, like um, well, so for every 10 claims we get. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just, hey, we've got this loss. Go out and investigate. Right. Uh, I would say five are probably undetermined. So those, those we go back to the client and say, we can't determine we can't what caused the loss. Yeah. And they said, all right, fine, close it's it. It's going to be a waste of money uh, for us to do this. Yeah. So. so some will further investigate. Some will go, um, I'd say maybe of the remaining five, if there's any recoverability mm-hmm. in them, two to three, two probably settle before we have to file suit. Two, we probably have to put in suit, mm-hmm. go through some discovery, you know, get more information for the other carrier. Um, a lot of times other carriers that if they're going to pay out on a loss on a liability mm-hmm. side, they have to do what they call paper of the file. Okay. So if anybody reviews, hey, why did you pay this claim? Mm-hmm. They can just put this big stack of papers down there and say, <laughs> because of that. Uh, and you want to review that and yeah. you know, find out why I paid. Uh, and then really, and most of the stuff that goes in the litigation settles before it gets to the courthouse. Right. Uh, very few subrogation uh, actually make it claims to trial. Actually make it to trial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because there's risk and exposure on both sides. Yeah. Uh, and plus, unlike an individual, say the homeowner that decided to sue on his own because mm-hmm. he needs to get his money back for his house, that's that's pure skin in the game. Yeah. He needs the money back to build his house. An insurance company can make a business decision. Right. It's not pure skin in the game. Yeah. Uh, and they that's can on say, both sides. okay, we're going to settle for X amount. Because, exactly. Yeah. And that's both sides. Yeah. The, even the liability carrier. The liability carrier can come out and say, we disagree with you. We did not cause this fire. Yeah. But we re- do realize the downside of the exposure of going to trial. What if we get popped? We right. Could end up right. They happen to write a check for the whole thing. Right. So it, it's, it's just a business decision then between insurance carriers. Uh, so... Very rarely do do our cases go actually go through trial. Gotcha. So, uh, what's what's something that a that a homeowner can do to protect themselves? So, like if if you know, mm-hmm. obviously preserving evidence, you know, but yeah. it's not necessarily always easy in a fire, you know. Yeah. But for example, like a water claim, like if they have a water loss in their <laughs> house, um, you know, before that plumber comes into the house, it's. Right, because I'll let I'll let you take it from here. I think yeah, I think well, the, the interesting thing is that when when a, when a fire loss occurs, um, many times unfortunately the house is unlivable, so they they have to be out of the house. The fire investigators will come in and then mark off areas, or will take certain pieces of evidence to protect it or preserve right. it, and so it doesn't get lost, doesn't get destroyed or damaged. Right. But most of the time, we'll preserve the scene. The homeowner doesn't need to do anything about that. Um, or the le- and then wait for us to finish the investigation before they start going in and cleaning up, and right. Removing things, uh, water loss and water damage is a little bit difficult. Because uh, one of the biggest still living in the home most of the time. A lot of times they're still living in the home, and like so, the biggest water causes of water losses are the toilet supply lines. Mm-hmm. You know, the little the line that goes from from the wall the wall to the bottom of your toilet tank. Yep. There was a spate of or a rash of losses where that plastic coupling nut that screws onto the mm-hmm. bottom of the toilet tank. It would just fail. It would just fail. You'd be going along six years, eight years, all of a sudden, boom, 
Mm-hmm. And they amazing. They always seem to fail in the upstairs bathroom <laughs> while you're out of town. Absolutely. And then the water runs. <laughs> then you runs, walk runs. come home and now yeah. your house is a rainforest. So, so, of course, then you immediately call the plumber. The plumber comes out and replaces that part. And tosses it. And or, throws that part away. Yeah. Uh, and so, but but they're not thinking, uh, right. oh, we need to preserve that. Right. Uh, other losses. Because that, that, that little $6 part, you know, yeah. could be the make or break for... You getting, you know, for, for, for the insurance company getting back their $50,000 and you getting back your $5,000 deductible. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, and so then, keep, keep that $6 yeah. part, keep yeah. everything. So. so, and then the water heaters are the other big things that will leak and yep. fail. Well, and I get um, that people don't want just a water heater just sitting in their house, oh, exactly. you know, like yeah. they want to get it replaced yeah. and they're like, yeah, take that sucker uh, with you. Uh, so we've had one where, uh, it's funny because the water heater has parts in it that mm-hmm. can be stripped out and uh, salvaged. Oh, yeah. And so a plumber came and he'd already, he'd already water, stripped it down. It huh? out. And so I called and I said, do you still have the water heater? And he goes, well, we have parts of it. And I was going, <laughs> oh, great. So it doesn't do me any good. And he goes, oh, I can tell you what failed. I said, well, it doesn't matter because the other side didn't get to see yep. it uh, yep. before. Because that's the other apart. thing, too, is the, the other side has to be given the opportunity to Correct. inspect as well. So Correct. And, and usually that's that's – X amount of days, I believe, right? Like you know, from what from when they've been notified or whatever. Yeah, there's there's no nothing written in stone that gotcha. says they must inspect. So we'll send them what we call a dynamite letter. Say we we put them on notice and they're dragging their feet, and it's been yeah. three weeks since they've had notice, and they won't respond or they won't get somebody out of the scene. We'll just send them a letter and say you have one more week to see the scene, yeah, or we're going to release it, and you you've waived all your spoliation. Yeah. Spoliation means you intentionally. Uh, damage or destroy or right. alter. So there may not evidence. be a rule about it, but it's not going to look good if that does go to court. So correct. Yeah. yeah. So. so we we try to hold the scene and the evidence as long as possible. Gotcha. Because uh, you also have to remember the thing: we're asking for money from somebody, so we want to be as cooperative and amenable <laughs> as possible, and say, "Here's everything. You yeah. Know, yeah. You look at everything. Tell us where we're wrong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. So, but the interesting thing is is that you know, home homeowners or business owners, wherever you've had your loss, your first thought is, oh my God, I got to get the, my, the, the me- this mess cleaned up. Mm-hmm. I've got to get uh, everything fixed. I want to You make go this into damage control again. mode. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. So you don't think of the next step mm-hmm. of, oh, I need to preserve this. Or, right. or oh, how's this going to impact uh, segregation? Right. Uh, and, and that's totally understandable. Right. You know, because that's not what your, your thought is, especially if you know your insurance carrier is going to cover it. Right. So, right. Um, but then, but then there's other things that, you know, proactively you can do before losses. Um, I, I, I now unplug, uh, coffee makers and toasters. <laughs> I don't leave any appliance plugged yeah, in yeah. When, when I'm finished. I leave the house. I, I have a lot, I have a lot of smart plugs in the house yeah. now that, that I can automatically shut off, you know, yeah. from, from my, from my phone yeah. or set them on a timer or whatever. So yeah. yeah, that's a, that's, you know, I go out of town, I turn the water off to the house, even if it's going to be two, three days, cause you never know. Well, it's and just... some, some insurance carriers are now, um, especially if you've had a water loss, like a big water loss, mm-hmm. uh, some of the, you know, higher end insurance carriers actually have provisions in their policy now to actually install a like a leak detection device water bug yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and they've got some that are even more advanced than those mm-hmm. water bugs they've got some that will actually it's it's a control panel 
that mm-hmm. sits on the water main and it will actually detect the flow of the rate of okay. water. And so it learns your habits. Okay. And then, um, so it knows like, it knows, Hey, you're using way more water than you normally use. Yeah. Is everything okay? And you can be like, yeah, it, obviously it's not yeah. quite that sophisticated or right. whatever, but it'll give you an alert like on your mm-hmm. phone and you can be like, yeah, you know, I was filling up the pool. So obviously mm-hmm. I'm using way more, more water, water than I normally would. Um, or, Nope, we're not doing anything, <laughs> you know. You so yeah, and so mm-hmm. so you can you can shut that water off like from your app, mm-hmm. and then have somebody come and investigate. Yeah. Or you can look around yourself and go, oh wow, that that you know that that toilet supply line just broke, mm-hmm. you know. But you're able to catch it before it becomes yeah. a massive issue. Um, and they've even got it too, where you can set it in an away mode mm-hmm. to where it'll like allow for enough water flow for like the ice maker to refill for a toilet mm-hmm. to flush or something like that, but not, but it'll alert you quickly, or you can just shut the sucker off completely yeah. from your phone, you know? So that's a, yeah. that's a pretty cool, pretty cool feature. And that's, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously that's kind of eating into your, <laughs> eating into well, your business it, a little it does, bit, but it does, but, uh, I'd much rather, but uh, water, water losses are a huge source yeah. of, of claims for, yes. for the insurance industry. So, and yeah. then, um, so I guess, you know, like, um, there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that a homeowner can do to protect themselves, mm-hmm. but it is nice to know that there are people, you know, like you mm-hmm. on the other side of that, that are working to, to get their money back, you mm-hmm. know? And it's not, again, it's not necessarily that, that you're getting the, the insured's money back. You're getting the insurance carrier's money back. But at that same token, that helps keep an insurance carrier's, the insured's premiums lower. Correct. Because if a, you know, if an insurance company is just forking out money, 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 and they're not getting anything back, you know, those premiums are just going to go up, up and up. So it's in a homeowner's best interest to preserve evidence if possible um, so that there is potential for subrogation there. And it's twofold. Subrogation helps keep the insurance premiums down. But also if we make a recovery, um, that's not a strike against the right. insured as a claim. So right. that can be now removed and they won't have a claim against them. No, that's nice. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's twofold. It does yeah. help. And, yeah. and plus, in the, at the end of the day, we're also apportioning responsibility the, to the proper party. Right. You know, this party caused the damage and the loss. They right. should be held they accountable. They should be held accountable for and, it. Yeah. And have to pay for it. Exactly. So. And and that's what that other party should be carrying insurance for, too. They're supposed to. You know, to. I mean, yeah. theoretically, yeah, that's, that's what they should be carrying insurance yeah. for. So... I guess, you know, again, our, our, our takeaways from here are, A, don't try to fight this on your own. You know, if you have exactly. a claim, don't try to fight it on your own, you know, because exactly. uh, you, you may end up for two years mm-hmm. uh, or more possibly yeah. trying to get your money back, you know, and, and, then, and then you're out that money and yeah. there's no benefit. You're not getting paid for, you know, the homeowner is not going to get paid for the time that they're spending fighting that, you mm-hmm. know, and. It's a full-time job for you, obviously. Correct. It's a full-time yes. job for you for for multiples of you sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes you know you're having to pull in one of your partners to help yes. litigate a claim. Um, and then you know, B, the other takeaway here is save the evidence. Mm-hmm. Save the evidence. That that yeah. six dollar part that you think is insignificant <laughs> could make or break the the whole entire case. Correct. Correct. Yep. So no evidence, no case. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for being oh, on you. with us. Thank you for for it. Uh, for expanding and elevating our knowledge uh, mm-hmm. on the subrogation process as it relates to insurance claims. Um, we do have a little gift for you uh, that oh, will be in you. the mail. Um, oh, it's okay. uh, coming from yeah. coming from the ice shaker, uh, the ice shaker guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Super cool 
uh, insulated tumbler. It's going to be customized with the Elite Elevations podcast logo on it. Right. And then it'll have your name and uh, today's episode number, which Perfect. is episode five. So, all right. all right. Thank you so much. Thank you.